morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Boy, it's a uh, festive atmosphere out there. I'm getting bombarded with texts, people coming out of the woodworks. It's, uh, you, you never know how many friends you have until uh, something happens to you where all of a sudden they want to reach out to you. It's amazing. Uh, some random Facebook friend requests, Facebook messages. Um, no, but thank God it's a good time. If you haven't yet heard, I made my Wheel of Fortune debut, a long-awaited Wheel of Fortune debut. I don't know why I say debut. It's really going to be the only time I ever go on Wheel of Fortune, so it's it's more of a one-and-done ordeal. But I was on Wheel of Fortune last week. Um, I recorded it a few weeks ago. So while it aired on Friday night, I promise you I was not there on Friday night. Anyone that saw me in Shul Friday night knows I wasn't there Friday night. But I was on Wheel of Fortune at air Friday night. Won a decent amount of change. And uh, over the last few days, I've been getting a lot of new friends in my life. But it's cool. I enjoy it. Uh, I was actually at KFWA, a wonderful event that took place by Chelsea Piers on Monday night. And a, a couple, doesn't matter their age, a couple came over to me. They said, are you Yoni Pollock from Wheel of Fortune? I said, I, I am. I said, wow, we, we record Wheel of Fortune every Friday night. We watch it every night. We record it Friday night. And we were stunned to see a from Jew on Wheel of Fortune. I was like, yeah, that's me. Spoke with them a bit about it. Took a picture with them. And uh, a few other people recognized me at KFW. Actually, another uh, two women came up to me. They said, I have a weird question to ask you. So I was like, all right, we're probably going along the lines of Wheel of Fortune here. They said, can I take a picture with you? I was like, sure. They said, you look like my daughter's boyfriend. I said, all right, not really what I was expecting, but I'll take a picture anytime I, you know, I like being in front of the camera, I'll take a picture. If I like being in front of the camera, I guess I'm in the wrong profession, but as I was always told, I have a great face for radio. So we'll uh, we'll talk a bit about Wheel of Fortune. We'll also have an interview from Tov Connect that'll take place at about 9.30. She interviews Rachel Moore of Heb- Hub, Etzion, excuse me. Uh, it's similar to WeWorks, but it's different, so you have to stay tuned for that, and then uh, we'll have someone... By the name of Mr. Pollock, he'll join the or my bite-sized program, and uh, we'll have a little uh, a fun discussing Wheel of Fortune. So make sure to tune into that ten fifteen or so. And as usual, Wednesday morning, we're going to start off with Ma Pecha Shel Simcha. Thank you for tuning in to Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים hey, שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים Tari mulila, tari 
תשמור על הרוקדים, תחבק אוהבים, שתמיד נהיה שמחים. אלוהים, אלוהים, רק תשמור על הרוקדים, תחבק אוהבים, שתמיד... ברוך הוא את כולנו אוהב, אותי 
And that was Simcha Liner's Eish Chayel off of his new SL2 album. I guess not even so new anymore, just to me it seems so new. He obviously came out with his live from Odessa album as well. Um, but Eish Chayel, a little shout out to my roommate, or no longer roommate I guess as of today, tomorrow, whenever it is, Ellie Hurt, who will be getting married Sunday afternoon I want to say, and then uh, to my Friend, a good friend of mine from Houston, Yair Miller, on Monday. So back-to-back weddings for me. Always a lot of fun and somewhat tough, but mostly fun for the most part. So that was a shout-out to them. And here we are on Bite Size. Thank you for tuning in. We now present an interview from Tova Kanach. She interviewed Rachel Moore of Hub Etzion. Again, it's a similar idea to WeWorks, but different. So make sure to uh, listen closely to that. Here's Tova with Rachel right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting with Rachel Moore, the co-owner of Habetzion, the first co-working space in the Yehuda and Shomron region. She's a mom of seven, and she is very busy. She's going to tell us all about her life, her Aliyah story. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into the Habetzion, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous space to work in, um, can you give the audience a background about who you are, how you got to Israel? Sure. Um, I moved to Israel when I was 22, which was a really long time ago, and there was no nefesh but nefesh. I came on my own. Um, I had had a lot of experience as an Israel activist in college and got a job in City Hall working in foreign relations, which was a really amazing experience as a new Ola. I had to learn Hebrew very, very fast, um, and I met a lot of really fascinating people. And I worked here for about um, five and a half years, and met my husband here, and got married here. Uh-huh. And then, quite unexpectedly, we had to move to the United States. And we had to move there because my stepson and his mom uh-huh. um, went to New Jersey to wow. be near her parents. And we decided that it was really important to be in his life, and to be around him as much as we could. Um, I was devastated at the idea of leaving Israel. Understandable. But, um, but thought that this was what my family needed. And it was a 12-year plan. And people scoffed and people laughed. We said that we would stay until he graduated high school, until he was a young man at 18 years old and could travel freely and was off going off on his own. Um, and that would also mean that my daughter, who was born uh-huh. in, in our first year and, and in the midst of our making the decision to move, would be back here before high school. So uh-huh. that was the compromise. And we, we did. We went to New Jersey for 12 years. I spent the majority of that time a stay-at-home mom, which was a huge wow. adjustment for me. I went from really loving my career and being very involved in Israel to, to staying home, staying home in New Jersey, which was not anything I had, was prepared for in the slightest. But for, I also had... For all the New Jersey listeners, 
can you put, tell us where you were in New Jersey? I lived in a very special place. Um, East Windsor has a community inside of it called Twin Rivers, for people who know NCSY. Definitely. And it's about a half an hour from a lot of things. It's about a half an hour from Highland Park and Lakewood. Um, but it's a small, very, very diverse community uh -huh. where everybody's very tight-knit and close, um, despite a lot of differences. And how did they welcome an Israeli family? We were, we were a bit of an anomaly while we were there. Yeah. Um, I would say that we, we didn't really fit in. One of the reasons I liked being there is because nobody really fit in. It was that kind of place. Um, and I was a little nervous. Uh, a lot of the leadership came from Lakewood and I didn't know how they would take these like very Zionist modern people. And um, it, it was overwhelming. The response was so positive and so warm and so wonderful. And the community raised my kids. Wow. Um, really, really supportive. And the community sent us off. They literally celebrated our Aliyah with us, the entire community. So before you moved uh, back to Israel, you mentioned that your family was preparing the whole time for that right. big trip back. So we spent we spent the 12 years while people sort of rolled their eyes at us a little bit, sure, you'll go back in 12 years, completely focused on the target, on getting back to Israel. I told my kids none of them could have their own room. Because kids, you probably won't have your own bedroom in Israel. One of them has her own room now for the first time, yeah. now that we live in Israel. Um, my funny. husband decided the first month we were there that he was going to stop speaking English and only speak to the kids in Hebrew. He started learning Hebrew at 19. Wow. This was not someone Israeli fluent in Hebrew. He learned with them. We read them Hebrew children's books. We gave them, um, we found out what are the Torah tapes and the Israeli singers that kids are listening to and I put them on in the car. And um, we only let them watch Disney movies in Hebrew. Most Israelis only let their kids watch Disney movies in English to work in their English. <laughs> right. um, and the language gave them such a sense that this was home. Even though all of their relatives are in the States, we don't, you know, they didn't really have roots in Israel. They felt Israeli from the language. And it wasn't even both of us. I still spoke to them in English, but they heard Hebrew in the house all of the time. And the only other people they knew that spoke Hebrew to their kids were Israelis. That right. was such a sense of who they were. We even came for a summer um, for six weeks, and we brought the kids, and they went to camp here, and it was literally throwing them in the deep end. And we said, it's not now. You know, we're not coming for another, I think it was five years. Uh -huh. We want you to see what it's going to be like. This is, this is what the future is. We want you to understand. And, and they were um, okay with it. Or um, different degrees of okay. If you're a mom of more than one, you know, there really is no uniform answer. Exactly. Um, when I asked them a month after we got here, what's the best thing about Aliyah? Yeah. More than one of them said, not hearing after we make Aliyah anymore. Oh. And now. So you can imagine 12 years of one day, one day, right. one day. And it finally happened. The truth is, yeah. that's Judaism. We're supposed to dive in every single day with what this is? yearning. Right? For it's your time having yeah. We're supposed to be in mode of one day and yearning and we're not there yet. We're not there yet and we want to get there. That's that's actually the mode that we're supposed to be in. hundred percent. Even though it's difficult. Um yeah. but they're they spent twelve years waiting to go home, even though that was the only home they'd ever known. And that was just a part of cool. their being you and your husband for you. for putting Thank that you. into their hearts. Yeah. Okay, so then you're back in Israel and where does this business model come from? You um, 
So before we moved, I had a good friend who was working in the first co-working space in Jerusalem. And she was explaining to me that there was a new model and that they exist all over the world, um, but that it really fed into the startup culture that right. was beginning um, in Israel. And I had, you know, read Startup Nation and new people who were involved with that book and the concept uh -huh. um, from my earlier days in City Hall, people I had remained in touch with. Right. And the idea was that people could work in an office or work in open space for whatever company or profession they're in al alongside other people working in other professions. And my husband's been a consultant, primarily working from home for the better part of the last 20 years. And I saw firsthand the challenges of working from home. That summer when we came to Israel for the summer, he was able to keep his job and work remotely. And he spent the first week just scrambling for an internet connection that without kids running in the room and screaming. I mean, this was so much of his challenge, and I knew he wasn't the only one. I also knew that there's such a wealth here of Americans who are working internationally, working for American companies, working remotely, working with clients all over the world, or just this gem and have so much to give here right. if they're in a professional setting and if they're around each other. So I started looking into the model and the truth is I really was not thinking I was going to start a business at all. I just spent a lot of time saying, well there should be a hub in Gush Etzion. Gush Etzion needs its own hub. <laughs> thinking if I say it enough times, somebody else will make it. Some business person who actually you know, has opened businesses will just do it for me. And right. that's not exactly the way things worked out. But Clearly, I, I was in the States with a friend whose husband is an investment banker, and I was talking about how I really felt passionately that we need to create a hub in Gosheteon. And he said, well, you've heard of WeWork, right? And I said, what's WeWork? Right. This is, a, this is a few years ago. A lot of other people, to be fair, hadn't heard of WeWork. And he said, you know, it was started by Israelis right. in the States with, like, from investors. Um, and now they're the largest chain of, of co-working spaces all over the world. You really should look into it. Okay, so I, this was how everything started. And I started looking into the model. And I found out that the chairman of the board of we, one of the people on the board of WeWork is Michael Eisenberg. That's my brother-in-law. Okay, so <laughs> I've known Michael since those old days in City Hall, actually. Oh. And we, we go way, way back when he was working with John Muffet. We were, you know, we were friendly then. And Michael is remarkable in the combination of busy and open to helping people. It's just really a remarkable human being in that sense. And I, and I said to Michael, give me 15 minutes of your time. Uh -huh. um, and he said, you literally, <laughs> you're going to have 15 <laughs> minutes. minutes. But those 15 minutes made the difference between the business being theoretical and moving forward, actually. Um, and one of the things he said is, we work won't come to the gush. You're not our business model. Right. Um, he, he said it in a way that was like a helpful bracha, not in a way that was, don't do this. But we, you know, we have a model, and, and I've been challenged by some people here. Why isn't your co-working space? Why aren't you just duplicating WeWork? And so I, I have been on pretty good authority that that's not what would work here. We have to do what's right for Gersh Right. Um, and so I'm thrilled that WeWork is coming to Jerusalem. I think it's great, and I continue to have a positive working relationship with with WeWork, and I think everything that they're doing is fantastic, but they're they're proving that this gestalt theory works in a work environment. When you have people in different professions working in the same place, it's the, all about the, the combined product yeah. is better, and it motivates people, um, and it's a, it's a wonderful energy. So, everybody is familiar 
at this point with the WeWork model? How is Habitacion unique? How is it different? Well, first of all, we're not a chain, and and we don't have we don't have some of the amenities that that WeWork has because you you're a member in Israel and you can go use WeWork. Uh -huh. Right. Um, but we're not geared as much directly towards tech. Okay. And we're not urban, so the needs are different. Um, our offices are slightly bigger per person. Um, our open space is different, and we're smaller. I mean, there is no WeWork that's 350 meters. I, I don't know what that is in feet. I'm sorry, but okay. um, we don't have beer on tap because we're not. We're Gushetion. I'm really not 25-year-old middle of Tel Aviv Stelte right. team. That's not who's here. I have people who are middle-aged um, in a variety of professions where the coffee on top is, is a little more important. We have hot soup. <laughs> That's our culture. And we're known and, for it. And, and it's that, great. And that works. But, yeah, um, clearly but there's also a political element to being here that really doesn't exist in WeWork. WeWork is international and business. It's part of the reason why they wouldn't come here. Right. So let's talk about where we are. We are in, okay. we are in the Gush. We are in the Yehuda and Shomron region. Correct me right. if I were. WeWork is a fantastic model as a business real estate model. We are a response to BBS, and right. that is inherent in everything that we are and everything that we do in a business. Even to the point of the focus on making money is because making money and being lucrative and profitable is a response to BBS. There really right. is no separation here. Um, I have companies who sit here who are very quiet about the fact that they're sitting here uh -huh. because of international commerce and they're not interested in being a response to BDS publicly, right. but their owners are. Their owners you know, are making that decision to stay here. Um, You're bringing business into a part of Israel that needs to have Jewish business here. So I feel very strongly as, as a resident and looking at what was around me that we can talk about political normalization and it's not going to come from getting permission to build a few more balconies. That as long as we remain primarily residential without any serious business out here, we're not communicating sufficiently oh. that we're staying forever. Right. And that those business routes are very important. And I don't believe that they'll come through anything that's apologist. And I, I've had fantastic conversations with members of Knesset, um, especially uh, Michael Oren, about being very upfront and in your face, this is who we are and this is where we are, and if it bothers you, great, let's talk about it. Let's talk it's about why I feel entitled to be here. Not let's hide the fact that I'm here and apologize for it and explain that we're really not so bad. It's not perfect. The situation as it is right now is not perfect, and it doesn't mean that in terms of international law, there is an argument to be made that I have every right to be here. And if I'm here, whether you agree with my being here or not, I have a right to earn money for my family. And when I earn money for my family, and I'm hiring labor around me that is Jewish and is Arab and is Druze, I am not damaging the region, right. regardless of your politics. In fact, the Knesset members that have come out here, none of them has been from the right. And that's because they're here to talk about business. They're here to talk about startup nation. They're not here to talk about politics. And that's the future. That's the answer. The answer is to say, we're just, we're creating normalization. We're creating businesses. I also feel really strongly that there's just so much that can be done to help the situation through donations and nonprofits. My, my background, I worked uh, many, many years 
with Jewish nonprofits. And the one thing I learned when I was in City Hall is that the people who were making the biggest difference on the ground were business people. They weren't politicians and they weren't charities. And I want people to be helping Gushetzion from all over the world, but I want them to be doing it through investment. Right. I want them to be basing their businesses here and have branches of their businesses here and to be hiring graphic designers in my hub instead of hiring somebody freelance through the internet that's sitting somewhere else. It's a very compelling way to help Gushetzion. And it, it isn't, it's not a donation. It's teaching people to fish. It's giving them the ability to support themselves. Um, and and it's, it's so important to me. Every single person that sits in my hub who gets another client or does a little bit better yeah. is it's improving themselves, improving their situation. Um, and and that, that's what drives me. Are there any amazing success stories of people that have been here? There are amazing success stories every day in the sense of little things that we call hubbing, where somebody's working on an article and they need a quote and from a specific profession and they walk across the hall instead of making five phone calls. That's right. on, a, on a minor level. But I've had several people leave the hub because they were freelancing and they found a job through somebody here. Wow. So they don't pay me anymore. They're not here anymore. Or one guy who was working by himself and all of a sudden not being at home, his productivity went way up. And he hired someone and then he hired someone else and then an investor basically bought out the company and now they're you know they're, they're not here anymore because they, they outgrew us. That's fantastic. Um, there, I have a few people who either invest in startups or work advising people who invest in startups who sit here and I have a few people working on startups who sit here so I'm waiting to see. Um, so you know, I, I say all the time that when the next ways Mm -hmm. It's built out of Gushetzion. The whole conversation changes. Well, God willing, that will happen. And, and that and we're you know we're working on enabling that. We're we're meeting the needs of local people. Like I said, I have accountants and I have lawyers and right. I have people who are not necessarily in the startup world, but we're doing both at the same time. And um, there are a lot of uh, future plans to grow the things that we're doing to really have a piece of startup nation. Here. When you walk through and you're introducing me to everybody, everybody has a story, and everybody, and they're all in one building. And it's true. And and there are so many people in Grishetzion who made Aliyah, and have found a way to earn a salary, a real living salary that they, you know, they go on through international business, right. and they work from home, and they, they're all doing their own thing, and they don't, nobody knows they're here. It's like this incredible... Group Secret. of hidden secrets, and right. um, and we're you know slowly one by one we're cutting them out and well hopefully right a lot of people are scared to make aliyah because of parnasa right rightfully so and hopefully with a business model like this it will encourage people to move here and absolutely Jonathan who rents one of our offices um man he manufactures a very specific piece of, of equipment that people who are disabled and elderly use. Uh -huh. All of his sales are in the United States. Everything. Um, he doesn't do any business here. And he made Aliyana last year and he took his business with him and he's thriving and earning and doing the same sales he was doing before. Yeah. Just doing it from here with his kids in Israeli schools and he gets to have his cake and eat it too. And there should be a million people who have their cake and eat it too. So on another note, um, you're so busy. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine the next question. I like, like to be busy, it's true. You are super busy with Kanan and her beautiful family and a beautiful business. But then you also find time for your own personal 
enjoyment and hobbies. It's true. I'm um, actually, you know, I told you I, I worked a little bit in politics. I'm actually helping with the, there's a local mayoral campaign and I'm actually helping with that because uh, I, they want to reach out to, one of the candidates wants to reach out to the English population uh-huh. and I think it's really important. So I'm trying to find time to do that and I'm performing in a play actually next month. It's uh, Women Performing Only for Women. That's a biblical performance based on Megillah's roots about Ruth and Naomi. Wow. I'm playing Naomi, and her role is, is one of someone who felt very connected to the land of Israel and had to leave for the sake of her family. Right. So it's very personal for me. And then in the show, she returns. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, both of my daughters are, um, in, that are in the show. There's like all the boys are at home with my husband, you know, griping that Ema's out bonding with the girls, but the, the three of us are doing something that's music and performance and together and multi-generational. Um, so what message does this send to people that aren't living in Israel right now? Well, my kids are just when we first got back to the level of busyness, and it's because of the options. I said to them, you know, we just didn't have this number of activities to choose from. There's such a rich culture life. Yes, it is easier to be religious. It's easier to be Jewish and every level here because the calendar is, is the right. Jewish calendar. But aside from all of that, you know, kosher restaurants, cultural activities, there's so much. And I'm sure you feel this too. Yeah. You know, every night I'm out, there are five things I'm not at. Exactly. Um, and yeah. between the, the, the high-tech environment and the meetups, and just for the hub alone. And then there's all this music that I used to do that I miss that I, not only can I perform. There's three women's only performance groups um, in, this, in this country, you know, in different places where women who want that outlet and, and are religious and choose to do it with only women can do that with their kids. Three of them is incredible. And they're all, you know, within an hour of each other, meaning you could choose to do more than one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a choir, so I can, I can have the outlet of the singing and the theater. And I have so many choices. And it, yes, it's, I'm busy, but I'm, I'm making You're enjoying a lot time. And I'm, I'm living, I'm living here on a completely different level. So people that are thinking about moving to Israel shouldn't feel like they'd be giving anything up or anything is lacking here. Everything is really here. I would say the opposite. You want to build relationships with babysitters really early in the process. <laughs> my, my kids want to know, we have a babysitter again. I said, yes, mommy's going out tonight. There's, there's yeah. so, so there's much. There's so much to do English here. English and in Hebrew. And it's just, it, it, it's never ending. And um, I'm, I, I really just feel like I'm you know, along for the ride and, and holding on for dear life and fighting time. And, and I love it. I love it. And then you still find time to write. And we, I'd be amiss to not mention this. Um, you had just had a blog article on the Times of Israel that was shared more than 34,000 times. So yes, for anybody that, that could have <laughs> potentially, that did happen, crazy. <laughs> for anybody that potentially, and not, not sure how, they would have missed it. But can you let us know, what was that article about? Why did it resonate with so many people? Okay, so I don't write as much as I would like. When I was home more, um, I had my own blog. I still have it, uh, called Ema to Eight. And I don't get to write as much as I would like. Um, in fact, when the blog post comes up, the last thing I wrote for Times of Israel pops up, and it was like really not a substantive article at all. It's a little okay. embarrassing. Um, but I wrote a post feeling really fed up. And I'm fed up by the messages on social media that um, because I live where I do and because of the choices I've made, both in terms of American politics and Israeli politics, that other people get to decide that I hate women and I'm a racist and I'm a pig and I'm a this and a that and the other thing. And I got told, so to speak, uh-huh. by several people 
that if I voted a certain way, it was because I think X, Y, and Z. Right. And I'm really okay with people disagreeing with me. In fact, I, I, I pride myself on the fact that I have a lot of friends that I have an open discourse with who vehemently disagree with me. Um, but I just am so tired of the hypocrisy of being judged right. while I'm being told that I'm prejudiced. And I'm, you know, I'm the one who's being racist while I'm being judged ahead of time on the basis of decisions. Um, and I, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed about being a settler. I'm very proud of where I live. It's a bit you may not settler. agree with my, with my convictions and yeah. my reasoning behind being here, but, but I feel that I'm doing something that's right and good and humane and that I'm fighting for good in the world. And you don't have to believe that my decisions are doing that, but you don't get to decide that I'm evil. You, I feel like if you want to walk around and say racism is terrible, then you at least should listen and be open to hearing that there's, there are reasons that come from a good place for why I do what I do. So I wrote this piece and I, you know, I, <laughs> I said, you're the racist, actually, not me. Yeah. And that certainly got people's attention. Well, it definitely and it's, a it's not a nice thing to call people. Yeah, it's not a nice thing to call people racist. But I don't think that people would share it if it were just the title. I think um, I think it got somebody at times of sort of works. I said, we'd love to know what you think happened because we don't know um, about the numbers. I don't. It, it's not a brilliant piece of journalism, and I have tremendous respect for friends and colleagues like Helen Moyer who writes really well and with intellectual points. Um, it was visceral and emotional, but it, I think it just resonates with people. I think a lot of people feel fed up with having to be embarrassed for their own convictions, whether it's Israel politics or American politics. And it's easier to say, well, she wrote that and she thinks that, right. than to put it on your front lawn. Right. And uh, my husband cited a poll in the States where somebody was trying to get accurate numbers on Trump voters. So he asked people who their neighbors were voting for. And they all said their neighbors were voting for Trump. But because when pollsters called and said, are you voting for Trump, people said no. And I just think that speaks volumes. And um, I, I'm, like I said, the, the level of antipathy for people with differing views in the States right now. It's so um, sad. It, it, to me, it's, you know, it's a huge sign of concern. And, for, and, and in conjunction with that, for a very long time, Jews who have chosen to live in Yudav Shamron in Judea and Samaria, have felt left out in the cold by American Jewry, not just by the American politic as a whole, yeah. less so by perhaps the non-Jewish right in, in America than the Jewish establishment. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's, you know, that's really difficult to stomach. So I had had enough and yes, I had to peace and, and I do. I, I mean, I think the response has a lot to do with other people feeling feeling some measure of frustration. They definitely resonate with it, and uh, I think they're very happy that you put it on to It's It's amazing paper. to me. The, the response has brought more attention to the hub, which I certainly did not uh, anticipate. Uh, people connecting with me from... from All over. Every, every walk of life. Absolutely crazy stories, and could I come to an anti-BDS conference in Belgium, and, wow. and just incredible... Uh, Efforts again, you know, being made. There's so much noise on the internet, and yet somehow there's a lot of stuff that I only heard and found out about 
through this experience. So now there's a certain level of pressure on me to write something else. And right now you're going to get those numbers up. The next I, I really hope I don't. Yeah, it doesn't come from feeling that fed up about something else. But we'll see. Well, hopefully, we'll it'll see. be from something uh, happy. And on that note, uh, you live in Gosheton. Um, you love Israel clearly. Can you say there's one place in Israel that you could call your Israel happy place? Um, I actually thought about it ahead of time because I've listened to your ah, shows. Ah, you knew this question. Uh, <laughs> and I forget what the answer was that I thought about. Um, it, it's going to sound a little corny, but we have a playroom now. It's a joke. Like kids, we're not going to have a playroom when we get to Israel. We have a playroom. Um, and it's two large floor-to-ceiling windows that look out on the Jane house. Wow. And I'm in my own house. And... It's just Hashem's gift to the Jewish people that's handed to me every single morning. And it's hard not to say the Shema. It's just so incredible. And I think it was such a gift to struggle with being gone because I don't take it for granted. And you're so, so emotional. <laughs> you're making me right, so right there in my own in my own house is my happy place. That's um, beautiful. Tamal Shalshon's Bookstar Cafe in Jerusalem. That's uh, one of my first date with my husband, and it's books, like books, and uh, that's a happy place too, and the theater in Israel. Um, but I think they're my of, my very own house, your very own house in Gushetzion, overlooking the hills. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it was such a pleasure to sit down and talk to you in your gorgeous Habitzion, and thank you for the tour. Thank you. And hopefully, uh, people will come out and visit. We hope so. We're working on bringing even more groups and any international businessmen who come and want to make their vacation that one extra day because they can How make they? their conference call from here. Uh, we, we You're welcoming them. You. How can they get in touch? So on that note, how can they get in touch with you? Our website is habatzion.com. Um, you can find us that way. You can also yeah. find us on Facebook. Um, yeah. Perfect. Amazing. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Rachel, and thank you, Tova. That was a uh, fascinating look at Hub Etzion in Israel. Again, a similar idea to WeWork, a little different, though. Um, So if you haven't, if you did just miss the interview, if you missed a lot of it, if you're just tuning in, you could go over to Tova's Facebook page, Tova in Israel. Check her out on Facebook, tovanisrael.com. She'll have the interview there probably within the next next few seconds, knowing her. Um, Check it out. Give it a listen. And uh, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions for Tova or for me in general, yoni at nachomsegel.com or, you know, just on that Facebook page, you could leave a comment there and I'm sure she'll get back to you. More coming up on Bite Size. I'm going to send it now to Gershon Varoba's On Israel. This, this song's been stuck in my head ever since I've listened to it when we had a, uh, when we hosted a album release party, I want to say in December. And this has been in my head pretty much. All day since then. Ani Israel, thank you for tuning into Bite Size right here on the Nahum Seal Network. Ya
attended on Saturday night in Washington Heights for uh, a few of my friends, as uh, obviously they knew I was going to be on Wheel of Fortune Friday night to much of their disappointments. And then I said, you know what, let's have a watch party Saturday night. Everyone could watch it. And uh, so that's what we did. And that was uh, one of the toss-ups, for those of you unfamiliar with Wheel of Fortune, one of the toss-ups towards the end uh, is worth $3,000. And so when I guessed it correctly... That was the cheer that we all heard um, at the end there. So uh, thank you for tuning into Bite Size here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And now we have the pleasure of uh, talking to Mr. Pollock. Now, I don't know if Mr. Pollock has any relation to me, Yoni Pollock, but uh, I'm sure we'll get a glimpse of that as we get into this conversation. Mr. Pollock, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. Houston, Texas. Oh, you're from Houston, Texas? I'm from Houston, Texas. That's crazy. Yes. I know the family well. You know the family well. Okay, so good. So so let me ask you, I mean, actually, let's turn this over. What we're going to do here is I want you to ask me a few questions 
about my whole experience uh, during that time. So what do you have for me? you have anything? Yeah, I was, uh, I'm about 60 years old, and I remember 40 years ago watching Vanna White and Pat Sajak. Is she as uh, pretty as she is today as she was 30, 40 years ago? Uh, that's interesting. That's actually one of the questions I probably get most about my experience. Everyone wants to know about Pat and Vanna, Vanna and Pat, usually leaning more towards Vanna. Um, because, excuse me, I'm not that age, so I don't really know what Pat looked like a lot of years ago. But I want to say that Pat was – Pat looks exactly the same, I think. I mean, he he looks great. I don't know how much right. makeup he puts on. But Vanna walked in, actually, uh, earlier to kind of discuss the show and give her advice, which everyone on Wheel of Fortune's advice is buy a lot of owls. So uh, when Vanna walked in, she, she looked a little older. Um, not to say that she's ugly. Uh, she just looked a little older, so eventually, you know, she goes to put on her makeup, or someone puts on her makeup for her, and um, and yeah, so she she looks she looks better with makeup. I'll say that. They seem to be like a uh, hot couple over there, very close with each other. Is anything going on over there that you noticed? <laughs> they're uh, they're very friendly. Um, I believe both are married, but uh, very friendly. Um, they actually do this. They have a, a great rapport with each other. They have this the shtick that they do during the commercial break, which obviously no one sees other than the people in the audience or the contestants. Uh, and and it works really well. They feed off of each other. As far as I know, they're they're great friends. Very good. How many people are in the audience that are giving typing? The audience has. It's interesting because when I was discussing this, the audience issue, not really much of an issue, but the audience with my roommate, he thought like the studio was huge. And there's a ton of people, but really what they do is they tape six shows uh, a day. So for the first three shows, there's one set of audience, and then the next three shows, they bring in another audience. And the audience is really about six rows deep, um, maybe 15 to 20 seats a row. So there's probably about 150 guests. They they have three sections. And the first section towards the uh, the green board, you know, where the letters are, is, is the, the guests of the family. And so that's, you know, let's say there's there's 18 contestants. There's, there's, there's about 50 to 80 guests there on a, on a given day. Then the middle section is, is a random guest. And then the last section, which is a lot closer to the wheel and the production room, etc. Uh, there's two rows for the contestants where, where I was most of the day. And then there's another three, four rows of, of just random audience members. And we're not allowed to talk to any of them. So it's actually very funny because so I'm wearing a kippah. And so everyone knows I'm Jewish. It wasn't really much of a discussion, but what happened was there happened to be a lot of Jews in the audience that day. I guess it was yeshiva break. People go visit the West Coast. And there was a family of, of people that wear kippahs, and they kind of pass by me and go in, into that section. In that section, there's not allowed to be any any family members or anything. So everyone kind of looks at me as if, like, why is your family there? I was like, no, 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 they're, they're just random people. I don't know who they are. Uh, they're not my family, so that was kind of funny. I guess just people assuming they see they see keepas, and I'm wearing a keepa that they're my family. But uh, but yeah, that's basically what the audience looks like on a given show. Did you take your family there, or what? Did you go with your friends? So it was an it was an interesting process how that came out to be. When when my my friends found out that they that I was going to be on the show, obviously they're like, oh, I want to go, I want to go. So I have you know I live with four other roommates. They all wanted to go. And I had no problem with that. And I assumed my brother and his wife did not want to go. They also live in Washington Heights. I assumed they weren't going to fly out for it. And then I was like, eh, my parents, they work. They're not going to want to go, right? So I brought it up to them, and all four of them are like, yeah, we want to go. So I was like, shoot, now I can't bring any friends. 
I have to bring my family. Like, I don't really have a say in the matter, unfortunately. So I ended up with uh, my brother and sister-in-law, who actually happened to be in L.A. at the time. What happened was they were going on a West Coast vacation themselves, and they said, Yon, if you happen to be on Wheel of Fortune, like, we want to be there. And it happened to be that the date that I received worked for them. They were going to be in L.A. a few hours later. All they did is change their flight to make it a few hours earlier, and they were there. My parents flew in from Houston, um, which just figuring out logistics <laughs> was was not so fun, but uh, it all worked out. Uh, that's good. Uh, now that you won big, did you give your parents anything? Ah, that's the question. You know, my, my dad and my mom, they both, I think, are probably expecting a bit of the cut. Now, I don't receive any money. This is, again, a question I get a lot. I don't receive actually any of the money until 120 days after the show airs. So not even when I taped it. So it's an extra month. So sometime in June, I get the money. And actually, the night before, I was with my parents. And my mom said, "I, you know, I, I can't wait for you to be on the show. I was like, yeah, like, I guess, you know, that's an expected feeling of a parent. Uh, especially in, in my family, in my household, we always watch Wheel of Fortune. One of our traditions is Friday... So in, in, in Houston, where, where I grew up, uh, Friday night, Shabbos always started at 7 in the summer, and Wheel of Fortune was on at 6.30. So we'd literally, we'd be getting dressed, watching Wheel of Fortune, and then 6.54, right after the bonus round ended, we'd shut the TV, that's it, go go to shul. So uh, I'd watch that with my mom, with my dad, with my brother, and then my mom, so I'm with her Wednesday night, I think, yeah, it was Wednesday night, I went to tape on Thursday, and she said, I'm so excited for you. I, I really hope you win the prize puzzle. I said, oh, thank you. Like, uh, you know, I with this with this job now, I've actually traveled the world a lot more than I, when I did it when I was younger. I went to Paris. We were in Venice, of, what is it, a few months ago and all over the United States. So I was like, oh, you know, I, I actually I have that passion for traveling now. So so I appreciated that from my mom. And I said, oh, like, why are you so excited? And she said, because then you and I are going to go on this trip. And I was like, hold up a second. I didn't know that that you were the one traveling with me. I, I like and and I and I love you, but like do I want to travel with you to uh you know wherever it's going to be? It happened to be St. Lucia. Like I feel like I'd rather just go with one of my friends. So so that was kind of funny. Uh unfortunately or maybe fortunately because I didn't have to have this fight. I didn't w- win a trip. But uh so that that's what my mom expected. And uh, my dad, I, I mean, you know my dad well. I I'm sure I'm going to be getting a few texts and emails. Asking for a few dollars here and there. Oh yeah, for sure. Tell me, what was it like uh, growing up from in uh, Houston? Growing up, how from was in, that experience? Uh, it's it was a lot of fun. There, uh, Houston is a smaller community where everyone kind of knows everyone, and that and that has its uh, drawbacks and disadvantages. But but I loved it. Um, my family family has actually been in Houston a lot longer than many of the other ones, so maybe more recognized, um, but I, I loved my, my graduating class in Houston at the Barron Academy was 19 people, girls and boys, and, you know, you end up being friends with all of them, and uh, still to this very day, I'm in touch with probably half of them, um, which is a lot more than almost any school in New York or wherever it is can say, and uh, it, it's a really good time. You you get close with your friends because you 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 go to school with them, and then you go to school with them, and then you're spending this and all all the free time, and you're going to this sporting event, and you're playing in this basketball game with them. So it's a really good time. Um, I'm not sure what it has to do with Wheel of Fortune, but yeah, it was it was a really good time. That's good. That's good. And what about those uh, lobster tails? Lobster How's tails. They, what was that? The chutzpah, huh? I mean. I go on this yeah, show, and, and, and 
I know what I'm good at on Wheel of Fortune. I know I'm good at before and afters. I know I'm good at crosswords, this new thing that they've uh, brought in either, was it this season or last season? And I'm like, okay, just, you know, give me some of that. I, I'm not good with, like, I mean, headlines. I could I could do well with things, events, phrases, whatever those are. Those are normal. I'm probably fine at. Uh, food and drink, I was like, I'm, I'm good at food and drink, but if they give me something not kosher, I'm in trouble. And it's actually funny because at my audition, the way it works, they kind of do a mock game, and then they also do... A, a written test and and the written test is is sort of like a toss-up where they give you rent like a, a few letters of this phrase of this thing of this that and uh you have five minutes to fill out as many as you can so i got to the food and drink section no excuse me i got it to the before and after section where, where the before and after is there's a middle word that kind of works for the top and the bottom and i was able oh, to and it was four things and i was able to figure out the last three words were shrimp cocktail waitress i've heard of that i know what that is so the top word has to be a type of shrimp, right? It's blank shrimp and then shrimp cocktail waitress. And I'm like, I have no idea any types of shrimp. I'm like, I think there's like a jumbo, a gumbo. I think there's something. It works. There's a B in there, which I only had the B. So I was like, I think I wrote, I think I, don't, I think I wrote jumbo shrimp cocktail waitress. And I put a little asterisk and I wrote on the bottom. I said, listen, I'm Jewish. I eat kosher. I have no idea types of shrimp. Here's my guess. Um, I don't know if they found that funny. I, I, I mean, it worked. I, I eventually made it onto the show, but uh, so so I actually even you know I didn't even think that I'd get something not kosher coming onto the show. It's obviously random that you know they have no say in what in what comes up. It's one person behind the scenes. You know they don't even know who's on, and uh, <laughs> so it's like lobster. And I, I was joking with my friends. Uh, most of the letters were taken, and I still had no idea. I said if they had lobster spelled out and they had blank a i l s. So there's one letter left, and let's say the other two people got it wrong, I would have been like, I still don't know. Like, I'd probably buzz in and be like, lobster nails. I didn't, I, I didn't even know lobsters have tails. Like, come on. Like, So <clears throat> that was disappointing. It was only for $1,000. At the end of the day, it would not have made much of a difference in terms of the game. It might have you know, made me $1,000 richer, and maybe after taxes a lot less. But, uh, yeah, lobster tails was a bit disappointing. I was a bit disappointed in myself. That the next toss-up, which was window shopping, I didn't get because I should have had that. But uh, but yeah, lobster tails. <laughs> what a disappointment. What can you do? Right, right. That's uh, the draw of the luck. Very good. I understand you're single. Uh, anything changed since you were on TV? <laughs> anything changed since I've been on TV? It's interesting. My brother, uh, he's married, twin brother actually, likes to poke fun sometimes of the fact that uh, I'm single. So whenever there's something... I know uh, only Simchas came out with an article recently, and and, and he he likes to make sure to point out in his he puts it on Facebook that I'm single. Uh, it's funny because <laughs> at this at this watch party also uh, I did a little Q and A after, and one of the questions was what's the next game show I'm going to be on, and without hesitation I said I'm going to apply for The Bachelor, and we'll see what happens there. I don't <laughs> I mean I don't know if they'll take me, but um, I, yeah I'm single. I've actually I I have had a few names come my way. Um, but I'm just taking this whole thing in stride. Uh, uh, you know, everyone ends up getting 15 minutes of fame, usually one day in their life. And I'm just enjoying the ride, single or not single. Right. It's irrelevant. Um, but yeah, it's you got great. a half hour of fame. A, ha- a half hour of fame. That's correct. <laughs> 20 minutes, okay. I guess, after commercials or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we all watched it after, after we did have dollar in at the house and, uh, we all watched it, and uh, we were great. To, we remember you. We were at your bris. We saw you grow up, and we're we're proud of you. I and- I appreciate it. I I do. 
I know a lot of people from Houston have reached out to me. Um, and uh, I, I I appreciate the support, even though it's over. And like, it's funny on Shabbos, uh, the show the show already aired Friday night. So Shabbos, I could technically say whatever I want. Like, I have no restrictions. Right. Whatever I signed, signed away my life. Whatever I did sign, like it's over. Those restrictions are up. So everyone's asking me how do I do. I said, listen, you'll wait another like eight hours or whatever it is. You've you've waited four weeks to find out. You can wait another eight hours and and watch right after Shabbos. So uh, so that's what happened. But the question I got most over Shabbos is, are you nervous? Are you excited? I said, the show already happened. Like, like I, there's nothing for me to do except watch it. And I already know what happened. Like, there's nothing for me to be nervous or excited for. I, I know I came away with $9,400. Like, like, I know already what happened. I thought that, that question was so interesting. But, but I did appreciate all the support, both from Houston, my friends here, uh, whatever it was, from you, from your wife, from your son. Uh, I did appreciate it all. And uh, I'd like to thank you for it. All right. A pleasure. We're very proud of you. Regards to your parents when you see them. <laughs> and we uh, love to everybody there. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Mr. Pollock from Houston, Texas. Thank you. You got it. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> As you uh, may have figured out sometime over that course of the phone call, or maybe just after the end when he said love you. That was actually my dad. Um my dad was there. He did fly in for it, and, and I thank him. My dad and mom, brother and sister-in-law, they all flew in for it. And uh, I joked maybe to him that it was a tough choice, even though my friends wanted to come. But obviously family comes first. And so I had to have my mom and dad, brother and sister-in-law. I, I, I actually don't know if they would have flown in in general, but it happened to work out so perfectly, so conveniently. Um, so that was my four t- tickets that I was allotted and uh, gave it to them. Obviously, it's 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 weird because I signed away my whole life, pretty much saying I can't say anything until everything airs, etc. And then my parents and my brother and sister in law they get there, they go to the audience. They said they didn't have to sign a single thing. They could have been there and 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 told the whole world what would have happened the next day. I couldn't stop them. I mean, they didn't sign anything, which I found so interesting. But uh, they kept quiet for the most part. The suspense was killing everyone. They kept quiet. They didn't let anyone in on our little secret that we had for a month. And uh, I thank them for that and uh, appreciate them supporting me throughout the whole journey. That was the application process and then the audition and then finally getting on. So uh, thank you, Dad, for doing a little interview there with me. That was a good time. And uh, I appreciate it. More coming up on Bite Size. Here we go with Etri Code, Yaakov Shweki. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Shalom 
Saturday night 
Uh, I was on Wheel of Fortune. If you somehow missed it over the last two hours, I was on Wheel of Fortune this past Friday night. Again, previously recorded on a Thursday several weeks before that. Anyone that saw me Friday night in school knows that. Those are my witnesses. But uh, yeah, I came away with $9,400. A very good time. Am I a little disappointed? That's that's a different story. Uh, I had higher expectations for myself, but a little bit of bad luck early on. So at the time, I was kind of down. And then when I finished the final two puzzles and ended with 9400 I was uh, very thankful. So uh, uh, that was a great and wonderful experience. And, and, I, and I tell all my friends, I said, it doesn't hurt to apply to these game shows. Like if, for Wheel of Fortune, if you're decent at Hangman, if you do crosswords, just go ahead and apply. Like it doesn't, the worst case, they never get back to you. Oh, no. But otherwise, all you do is apply. You send in a 30-second video. My, my video is terrible. I watched it like two nights ago. Oh my god, it's 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 brutal. But just apply. You'll hear back. I mean, you might not hear back. If you hear back, go audition. I I could give you tips about the audition. I could give you tips about the whole process. It doesn't hurt. Worst case, you never hear back. Best case, you come away with some money and a great experience. So uh, if you ever thought about applying to a game show, there is my push to do so. And that's a great segue, actually, into America's favorite segment. Forward to the door. I know last week we took a bit of a hiatus. Jamie was out. Uh, unfortunately, today Jamie is still out. It's it's not a bad thing. She uh, she's taking a little bit of a vacation, which is fine. She's earned it. Uh, so not. I don't want to say a replacement because she's not. Yeah, a you're digging yourself in here, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I gotta not, tell you, you're not a replacement. You're a mm-hmm. uh, a guest of Thank the Four to the Door, a, a welcome you. guest, a a guest that's been on Four to the Door before. Just, I'm just saying that you you sound completely bereft that Jamie is not here. <laughs> you picked up on that? Oh. Yeah, I, it's not that hard. Even people who don't know you, I'm sure, are picking up on that. Even people <laughs> who haven't watched Wheel of Fortune, I'm sure, are picking up on that. But more than that, we do have to keep in mind that even when Jamie's not here, we continue working. We, can, we right. do continue okay. working. <laughs> we do continue working. Uh, I don't want to say we work better. We, we, we continue hey, working. Hey, hey. Uh, you think Jamie's going to listen? Yeah, yeah I do, because I'm so. about to tell her what you just said. <laughs> But this week's Four to the Door, as you could have uh, probably figured out, is our top four game shows. Now, uh, what we usually do is Jamie Turkel, our assistant programming director and social media coordinator, she gives her top four, and then I give my top four. This week, it'll be Miriam Wallach, the general manager. I'm trying to figure out. Writer, blogger, general manager oh, here at the Nothing Single Network, Miriam L. Wallach. Thank you for inviting me. My Seems pleasure. I am the only one left, and that is why you invited me on. <laughs> There's no one else here I had there to choose. There is literally you. no one else here, yes. Um, but she is joining again this week's Four to the Door, and then I will give my list. But as usual, uh, any comments, questions, suggestions for Four to the Door or Bite Size, email me at yoniannachlamsegel.com or leave an app, excuse me, leave a comment mm-hmm. on the NSN app. That'll mm-hmm. work just as well. So, uh, Miriam, would you like to start with your four to the door top four game shows of all time? They do not need to be on air right now. Oh, which they're means not. Whatever you say, <laughs> I probably will not know. Uh, right. But let's you go were with men- it. You were mentioning names of shows before. I'm like, I have no. We're having two different conversations. Yeah, what I'm afraid is that the listeners that listen to this program are more likely to know your. I mean, they might know my shows. Oh, because, they know my shows. Right. They'll know not your only do shows they know my sure. shows and are they on my side for every one of my answers, but they're going to be like, oh, that one. Oh, I love that one. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. So what, what we're going to do this week, because Jamie usually doesn't come on air with me. So what I end up doing is I read her 4321 right. and then I do my 4321 and I give a little commentary on both. Uh, but since you are joining me on air and I do appreciate that mm-hmm. and that's something we're going to work on with Jamie, 
um, is we're going to go four four three three two two one one. I know okay. we've done that once before. When actually <laughs> the one time Jamie did join us on air, I don't remember what was it. What was the occasion that dogs? She no, she wasn't on the air about dogs. Well, she sort of came on the air about dogs because she didn't like our banter, right? And she came in basically to interject. What was the topic? I don't I, know. I don't remember. I don't know. We can go back in the archive. Was it food related? Could that be? I don't know. This is yeah. me. I'm saying I don't know. You, yeah. So you you don't know. That's I'm what you're I'm me. legit not knowing you're here. Legit yeah. not knowing. Okay, number four on your top four of the door. Top four game shows. Okay, I I, I hope this qualifies. American okay. Gladiators. So American. Keep talking. Oh gosh. <laughs> Explain. I I Rabina Shalala. Yeah. So American Gladiators. By the way, you should be googling this so that as I mention it and discuss it, you can pull it up and go. Oh, I get it. I get it. I I, I want to say I recognize the name, but that could just be okay. American Gladiators. Right. right. No. Okay. So American Gladiators was a show where people who clearly worked out and were very fit competed against a team of quote unquote American Gladiators in in numerous physical competitions like sta- like the joust which was standing on top of basically like a pedestal surrounded by soft cushy blocks and you had to try and whack the other person off right. with a with you know a fake spear kind of a thing okay and all these other tests of endurance. So I Google it. Yes. I wa- it lo- I mean it because there it was, was on- a modern one. There was a right. It came back. I did not watch it in its um, second life. I watched it in its original life. The original life. It says 1989 to 1997. Can yes. you verify that? Yes. Okay, yes. Because so those are the five. days I was home ho- home from school sick. Right. Right. And, right. Uh, and then it says it seems like another one came out 2008 to maybe still. I did not on. watch those. I'm a purist. I watched the originals. Okay. So the the idea of it doesn't it's not like foreign to me like i feel like i've seen right and i don't know because, if it's the newer one or the older one well, also like, there was the kid with the keepa who that didn't come well, off that's that's uh right, american same, ninja warrior yeah it's the, oh, same, it's the same idea same idea but you're i think it's the same idea but in american gladiators you're competing against this group of gladiators okay Okay. Are they average Joes, the other uh, people, or well, are they I, like work out? They're clearly they were, fit. Yeah, I think they, they go to I the mean, gym at four a.m. in the morning. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> shout out to all those of us at the gym at four a.m. There is, uh, from what I remember, it was you know people who were fit. Okay. You would not be taking on an American Gladiator if you never went to the gym. Right. Okay, let's just point that okay, out. Fine. Though gym going in 1989 was not nearly as popular and trendy oh, as it is now. That I can imagine. Yes, All right, so exactly. number four on okay. my list. Yeah. I think this is a show you, you are familiar with, Family Feud. Yes. Now, I, I'm actually anti the Steve Harvey version of Family Feud. Okay. I think, I think it's gotten so far off the rails. You remember Richard Dawson? Ah, do I know? Oh, him? I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. Hold on, quick Google oh, check. This is so painful. We should have been doing this at the KFWE. That would have totally softened the blow. Oh wow! Shout out to no, old. Oh, no, no. Stop I, it! I mean, I, I, I recognize. You don't him remember from the like... lo- you don't remember the lolly t- lollipop bush either. At the end, did he do other game shows also? Uh, it doesn't matter, Yoni. Can I just? Can everyone comment on the app? Those of you who are feeling my generational pain <laughs> right now, because this is awful. Okay, I remember Steve Harvey and I think like two or three other people before him. Yes, there's Richard Dawson, and then there's no one. That's all you need to know. To you. In real life. Okay, well, anyway, the show's gotten like so like off the rails, sort of inappropriate, which which sometimes is funny, I'll admit, but like a little too We weren't too allowed much. to watch it as kids. Really? Yes, because my mother thought it was actual families fighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah. The only show I wasn't allowed to watch as a kid was The Simpsons. Oh, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. But uh, Family Feud, 
it's funny. It's gotten a little too much to me. I mean, if you like Google like Epic Game Show moments, there's so many on Family Feud. Like so many people have ridiculous, really? ridiculous answers. Um, either it's the pressure getting to them, meaning mm. in the speed or whatever round, or they're just dumb. People, well, people are dumb. Th- believe that's it or not. true. No, no, no. People are stupid. I, I'm faced by stupid people every single day. The people I do. I don't know if you know this, but I am on a. <laughs> Such a shame Nachum's not here right now. <laughs> I'm a one-man put-your-headlights-on vigilante. Okay. And it makes me crazy when it's pitch dark at night and people are not driving with their headlights oh, on. Yeah. Right, because don't you realize that the entire interior of your car is dark? Like, that should at least be a a you know a, a light bulb that there is something wrong with this system An, right a so light bulb. it make thank you it makes me absolutely nuts and it happens at least once a day really at least once a day so yes we are faced with stupid people all the time um the funny thing about family feud is that there are certain family feud isms that we have all picked up like survey says right right so we all say that you know when you're when you're looking to that kind of a group or whatever, and you're waiting for a response. Survey says, or I will cross my arms in an X. I have done this a, a bunch uh, of uh, uh, right, exactly. Cross I think my it's a double, uh, uh. but not in the seventies, oh, oh, Yoni. Sorry, sorry. No, I think it was just one. Wow. Right. Uh huh. Yes. What exactly. Exactly. The way we have modernized game shows Inflation, is that it's now a you know, it's, double. It's a exactly. Double. Everything's about excess, Yoni. <laughs> it's a double. <clears throat> right. Exactly. Anyway, so we were not allowed to watch that show because my mother thought that people were actually fighting. All right. Right. Number so, three on your list. Okay. Number three on my list um, was uh, the dating game. The dating game is that? Uh, this is one you're supposed to just go to. No, Google. I feel like is it like similar to the newlyweds, or is it no, the same thing? It's not similar okay, to check. the newlywed game, though. I think that you youngsters are more familiar with the newlywed game than you are with the dating game. Love connection is a similar genre. Do you know love connection's coming back? No, Marion, because I don't know what love connection is in the first place. There you go. How could it make a comeback if it never existed? Right. Oh, I wrote by Nishalayim. Um, yeah, dating game. The dating 19... game. 65 okay. till 1999. Thank you. 19, so was yeah. seven. You the, think the my parents end, would let me see that? The end of their run is when I was watching it. Thank you very much. Chuck Woolery? Yes, good boy, Chuck Woolery. I could read. <laughs> he is a god. Yes, he is a TV game show, like matchmaking kind of a- so, Yeah, what was the show about? It was basically about a, a bachelor or a bachelorette okay. who was given three also contestants- Yes, given three blind contestants where she or he was not able to see what the other person looked like and asked questions and based upon their answers, she or he, the contestant, would decide who to go out with. Oh, does that show exist? I think it's coming back. Oh, maybe I should apply. I'm telling you. Hello, you. You know what the goal should be? What? How many game shows we can get you on? Yeah, I think you should a have a Guinness. They don't want like a repeat offender. Yeah. yeah. Um, we you say you said serial contestant, right? Serial contestant, and I said repeat offender, right. right? Um, I would I would love to make this a cause here at the Nautical Single Network. <laughs> <laughs> See how many game shows we I, can get you I, on. I, I I did look at one show application, and it's 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 tough. It's long for what for uh, what show? The Bachelor. I just wanted to see what oh. it's like, because I, I, I feel I I honestly believe I well I'd have to apply for the Bachelorette where it's one girl and a lot of guys. I oh. I honestly believe they would take my because you know from Jew they've never had it. I think they would take. I mean it wouldn't I wouldn't go anywhere. I'd probably lose the first night. Yes, um, which is fine with me. And by the so way, cool. it would be the cleanest Bachelor yeah. <laughs> ever, and no one I, would I mean, watch. Okay. Right. <laughs> Hello, over there on the other side of the room. I am waving to you. I will put the flower down and you can pick it up at your discretion. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> it would not make for good TV. 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. on Nickelodeon, but it yeah, would not. Right. Not on. Uh, exactly. That's yeah. pretty funny. But I do. I, the, I kosher look bachelor. At the kosher bachelor. <laughs> wow. We should start that here. Yeah. That's what we need is another. <laughs> I need another show to start producing. Yeah. But um, I think I want to try The Price is Right. I just got to like figure that situation out. The Price is Right would be cool. Right. And uh, I mean, we'll see. The Price is Right would be cool. I want to. I want to spin that wheel. Wheel of Fortune. Or no, the price no, is right no. Though. The Price is Right oh, at okay. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. seems like a heavy wheel. It does seem like a heavy wheel. And everyone at home always thinks they can spin it better than the person who's there. Why didn't right. you pick a higher run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Well, it's a similar situation on Wheel of Fortune. Everyone assumes you could pretty much aim the wheel the way you want it. I imagine that it's heavy and it's weighted. It's heavy. I don't know if it's weighted. It's heavy. I don't mean weighted as like a, <laughs> right, you know. Right, spots are weighted. Right. Um, it's heavy, and you're just not focusing on that. There's so much you got to focus on the puzzle. I I promise you, not once did I actually look down at what I landed on or anything. Really? Until because uh, I landed on a half car, so I had to pick it up. Yeah. What What does that mean? What's a half car? You have to land on. So half there's three car half, half cars. Are, you have to land on it twice. A different half cars. So if you oh, got two there half are cars, three half cars. Correct. You need two out of three because clearly yes. then it would be multiple half right. cars. You'd have a car. So if and all three a half. people pick up a half car, then there's no car. Oh. So I have to pick up all, and then I have to solve the puzzle, like have it the whole way through. Um, so, so yeah. But back to what was it? Price is Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I actually. Do you remember Barker's Beauties? Bob Barker. Yeah. Do you know? Do you, how did he? And how I don't. I I have not seen the show in a long time. Yeah. But he used to end every single show. Make sure to have your dogs and cats spayed and neutered. Yeah. Okay. So that's the. <laughs> That's what you remember? Of course. That's... Is that a phrase that you use often? No, actually. No, um, I have for? used it, but not nearly as often as Survey Says. Okay. Right, because Survey Says comes up a lot more often. You can use it m- much more frequently than just right. bringing up spaying and neutering your cats. Let's see what other game show uh, lingo you might use if it appears on anyone's top of the door. So my number three. Yeah. Is the cash cab? Are you familiar with it? No, and I'm not googling it. You're because not anything that's, that's fine. making me feel old. I'm not googling. <laughs> that's it's so. Yeah, it might make you feel old. Um, Thank you. The, the cash cab is a game show that takes place in a cab in New York City. Okay. <clears throat> I forgot who the host is. Nice guy. James Corden. No. Oh. That's uh, Carpool Karaoke. And so what close. happens is he's driving the cab and he picks up someone random, and they come in and this music starts coming on. Like, he kidnaps someone. You're in, no, no, no. Like oh. anyone, they think they're going to a regular cab. It just happens to be a oh. cash cab. And so he explains the rules. The, the person comes in. And the rules are you have uh, – it's trivia, basically. And for the first – you know, the first four questions, I think, are $25 each. And they're they're pretty simple. The next ones are $50, and they go up to $100. And it's just as you're driving, until you get to your destination, you could rack up this money. The thing is if you get three of them wrong, you're automatically kicked out. Of the cab? Of the cab. So you're getting a free ride until you get to the place. Oh, boy. Or you're just getting closer if you get kicked out. And you have three lifelines. It's like uh, they pull up to the – you you got one phone call or maybe only two lifelines and then you pull up to this the is on what and just on what Discovery Channel. Good for them. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. I've always wanted to try to find the cash cab in New York City. Does it look like every other cab? Yeah. So you don't know if you're hailing it, except well, for the, the fact is, that it has video cameras on the side. Inside there, there are, are cameras. There video cameras. I assume there's a there's got because they show shots from the outside. So I assume there's a TV truck. Maybe just disguised. You want to go hang out outside now for a little while? I feel like it's not all the way down here by Grand oh. Street. I feel okay, like it's fine. Midtowny, whatever. I mean, where there are more people, right? So, okay. and I and I assume that like if if I'm coming from down here and I say, "Oh, take me to Washington Heights," you're gonna be like, "No, right? That's t- too far." Take me to Long Island. <laughs> take you right. 
So, uh, but great show. Uh, you should definitely check it out. That's okay. so that's number three on my list. What's your number two? $25,000 Pyramid. I don't know what that is. The $25,000 Pyramid is one of the best game shows of all time. Is it? Wait. Did might, you, hello, did you hear the rule? You need to Google it. I understand something. We just did this already twice. You got $25,000 Pyramid is a genius program. It was a contestant paired with a celebrity and they had to, um, Pick at they had to name different items that were in a category, and the person, the contestant, needed to identify the category just by those items. Things in a box, things that you know right, you would just so, start, so it's pyramid. It, okay, I, I don't, I don't know, but I think it's. Also, I mean, maybe it made a comeback. Yeah, it had to have because. Well, I don't know. They probably are giving away much more money now, but it was. Oh, so I know. So I know. It's it's similar to taboo. You know the the card game taboo. I know the card game where taboo, it, you have to try to get them to and say you can't a word, say the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, great show. I, I like great it. show, I like and the final fun. round is de- yes. it's all good. Good show. It I'll is it good. Yeah, thank you, thank I'll, you. I'll you. Good. The other one you're totally gonna have to Google. My number one. Okay, well, well let me get to my number two. Yes. Let's see if you're I, you're probably familiar with this. Number two, hosted by Howie Mandel. Oh, Deal or No Deal. Yeah, I'm totally not a fan. To- I mean, no skill involved. Actually, that's it. I don't know if that show still runs, but if it was, that's also something I would totally apply for because why not? Okay. Um, I would always pick number nine. It's a it's a game show that I always uh, at Dave and Buster's. I'll, I'll play the Deal or No Deal game. Dave and Buster's has some great games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deal okay, or No well. Deal being one of them. And, and the that, that big... could be a whole total different four to the door top four Dave oh, and Buster's. Totally game. like the biggest Connect Four ever. Oh yes, oh, you're talking about the one by uh, Times Square. No, I'm talking about the one in on in Westbury. Oh, they have a big Connect Four there too. Yeah, hello. Cool. What? Okay. You yeah. think we could get them to sponsor that week's Sport of the Door? No, I think we should just go and not tell Malcolm. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like I that. have my power card on me, and by on the way. Wednesdays, it's half price. Really? Dave, yeah. Dave all day? I, I don't know if it's just the Times Square one, or and I don't know if it's just all day. Oh, I my God. So. We're totally going. Half price day. We're totally going. Okay. Um, oh, we should go before Jamie gets back. That'll really <laughs> annoy her. <laughs> all right. After the show. Let's, exactly. Let's, let's hurry up then. Um, <laughs> Deal or no deal? Yeah, I mean, so you're not a fan of the show? It's no, just, it's I don't. Luck. First of all, I'm not a I'm not a Howie Mandel fan. Okay, I'm really not a Howie Mandel fan, and I don't like. I think I've watched, knowing me, just a couple of minutes of the show, and it's just total turn off. Okay, total turn off. So number th- that's the one where they dress up, right? Who's they? The contestants used to dress up. I think you're talking about Let's Make a Deal. Oh, that's different. That's hosted. Oh shoot, who hosts it now? It's uh, Wayne know. Brady. Oh yeah, I don't like that one either. Yeah, that's different. All of these deal making things don't do it for me. It's a deal or no deal? No, it's it's the one with the the, the briefcase. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 not for you. No, no. Well, I mean, not a similar. Idea. I can't even feign excitement. <laughs> do you know the new game show, The Wall? Do you know? Only because you and Nahum were talking right. about it. So I mean, it's too early for me to put on here. Which sounds horribly right. Like, There's a lot of excitement and, and angst. Angst. What do and I need anxiety, that for? Sadness that you know you could pair all those feelings. Right. What do I need that for? I'm watching that at home in my like, pajamas. The movie Inside Out. Like all those feelings. Would right. Be going crazy. I don't need that. I don't need that. It's why I stopped going to see um, dramas at the at the movies. <laughs> really? That yeah. Because <laughs> well, I, I live real life. You live real life. There's enough drama. Yeah. Well, I took my kids to that. see the uh, Batman Lego Movie. On Saturday night, which is not at all drama. And you were fine with it? I was fine with the first hour, and then it completely lost my interest. But uh, It took th- an hour. It did. I, that's it. That's like, props. impressive, yeah. Props. You guys had me for an hour, and I swore I wouldn't see it. But but because I was the only parent home and everyone wanted to see it, I'm like, fine, we'll go. And they were joking. They're like, you said you wouldn't go. You said you wouldn't go. I'm like, I have my phone. 
So at <laughs> some, at some point, or I'll be asleep. It's one or the other. Either right. I'll take a nap or I'll text somebody. Yeah. Fair, fair. All right. What's your number one? Number one, number one you're going to have to Google this because there's I'm no ready. way you're going to know it. By the way, I'm Wikipediaing it just to give them credit. Really? Yeah, why not? All right, whatever. It's called Press Your Luck. Press Your Luck is the number one game show of all time. You could hear me smiling, yeah, by the way, when so I talk about it. Because all you had to do was scream, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. So if you see, do you see the image in front of you? Does it have a picture? Yeah, Press Your Luck, red and yellow, whatever. Okay, you need to go to YouTube and like Google whammy moments, okay? Um, because then you'll really understand what it's like. And if you can even pull up the audio in the background, this way we can get the audio of it. So all of- It seems like someone on this computer earlier was- Correct. <laughs> how do you know? How else would I know that it would be available? All right, let's play this. Uh, let's play this. All right, players, this is what you've all been waiting for. The big board, over 80000 in cash up there waiting for you to take it away. One prize worth more than $5,000. However, the bad news is there's some whammies. Both Tammy and Whammy are up there looking to take away your money. Watch it, just watch. No whammy, stop. Stop it, oh. Right, see, now you understand the premise. So you have to smack down on that buzzer thingy, and you want to make sure not to hit a whammy, but you don't know where the buzzer is, the the light is going to go next. So you could lose everything. Right. Right, so all you're watching, by the way, now are whammy moments. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the thing, and you used to sit there from your couch and go, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, along with the contestants. And that was it. You wanted to get rid of the whammy. Do you think it was what's the word? It's the optimized best show. or whatever to, to purposely have more whammies than not? What'd you say? What's the word? Automized? Automated in a way that they're purposely going to be more whammies than not? I don't know. I can't say that when I was eight or nine watching this, you I was really thinking about, thinking about that. Should right. I ask ZK? You can ask ZK, and I'm sure Mark will come up with an algorithm that will explain how many times <laughs> the whammy actually appeared. But I'm telling you, it was the best show. And if you ask Nahum, his face would light up when I, if you brought it up because right. it's that good okay. yep yeah uh, i will i'll definitely bring it up we could we could use some smiling yeah certainly all right so so what do you think my number one is what do i uh, is it wheel of fortune yeah, yeah okay that was i i that I was lame by the way. Wa- i grew up watching it as a kid it's funny because it, um my when you know how pat has that intro where, where he's talking to me yes and so he so obviously he's fed things that Correct. we write you know at 7 right. a.m when i get there things for him to know so my mom was like you know yoni like as a kid when you were four for i think it was hanukkah or maybe my birthday she bought me a wheel of fortune set oh I, like, I honestly don't remember Aww. that but it makes sense like, that's so cute so that's how far my love for wheel of fortune goes now 20 years later i'm on the show so uh that is my default number one right so i can't say that wheel of fortune is up there for me I can't say that before you were on it, um, I watched it in at least, I don't know, a decade. Right. Right. Um, but it's, no matter what, it's cool for it's cool for us to watch you on it. Thank you. It's cool for you to be able to check that off your bucket list. Mm, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's it. it. We're, we're, done. we're done. We're done. We're done. Thank you. Right. Exactly. Um, Except but, winning tonight's Parable also. Oh, we have to play. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that. Um, but also, shout out to Natano Pillay. Yes. Shout out to Natano Pillay. So I wasn't able to watch it. I was at KFWE. Right. I, I watched I it. Yeah, I heard. I watched it. He did great. And I'm telling you, you know, the Wallet kids are usually pretty sharp, not so sharp that night because we're watching Jeopardy. And frankly, I don't think my kids have ever watched Jeopardy, which is okay. fine because, again, I don't know how to turn on the TV. So <laughs> why would it sound? And I'm not always home at seven o'clock. Right. Seven o'clock. Child so. number six doesn't know how to turn on the TV. Child number six knows how to turn on the TV and then drop the remote 17 times and then yell at other people for changing the channel. 
Yeah, she's equipped with many, many skills. Um, but anyway, so we're watching it, and all of a sudden, child number five is like, hey, that kid's name is Natanel. I'm like, you are so sharp. And then she noticed his payas and his kippa and the YU sweatshirt. And she's like, is that on purpose? Is he wearing that on purpose? I'm like, wow, <laughs> nothing gets past you. Unbelievable. So Natanel Pillay did a phenomenal job. Could not have been more excited for him that he won in the end yes he is a he gets a wild card spot depending on how the other contestants do over this week do we know if he got it well we know he has he has a good shot just because he correct correct but eighteen thousand, which is i mean you think he did that purposely he certainly did because it was the weirdest number to bet and he got to eighteen correct it was like a very odd number um and i guess he felt like all right if i lose that amount no biggie i'm still I'm still in good contention, shape, right? right? But if I do win and I land, I end with eighteen thousand. Like, wow, right. that's Mazel Day. So I wonder if he doesn't end up getting into the wild card spot, does, mm-hmm. he, does he take home eighteen thousand? Seems that he does. I could be wrong, because but somebody in regular post- Jeopardy second and third place just pick up a thousand and two thousand. Yeah, but it seems according to Facebook. Which of course is the arbiter of everything Absolutely. accurate. Um, not fake news, but just Facebook. Somebody posted on my page uh, the other night that he gets to take home anything he wins. Wow! Now he was against this student from MIT who clearly doesn't sleep and just reads like factoids all day. You know, only the MIT student said I was against a student from Yeshiva University. I'm like, sure she. I'm sure she was. Um, and then, of course, when the last question, when the final Jeopardy question had to do with um, books of the Bible, we were there were parts of us that were all like, "This is a home run, go him!" It's it's really a tough. It's of a, course. It's a Are you kidding one. me? I I mean, a because you never know which Bible you're going to choose, right? And he was. B, it seems if, he was confirmed. Conf- he was concerned when that came up that it was going to be New Testament, right? And then right. also, if it ends up being a a, a Jewish Bible question. Yeah. If he gets it wrong, he oh, looks forget terrible. It. He can't go to Sheer. Right? He can it, never it, I mean, walk back in Wyoming. So it's a tough, tough place. I'm right. sure he was both like excited and then like, oh. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Every chance of the shidduch is dependent right. on my answer right now. Like if I had a puzzle that said like kosher foods and right. then didn't get it right. Right. Instead I got lost. Well, yeah, and the song lyric thing song when lyric. you lost that one. Yeah, I don't know my song lyrics. Yeah, I got that. Um, unless it's by Shweki or Simcha Liner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. What? This isn't by, this isn't a song by Simcha Liner? Um, yeah, so, so he did great. True Nachas. True Nachas, and it seems like the Doghouse Monday night had a huge viewing party. That's awesome. Yeah, and they totally, the place was packed. They had a cake for him. His family was there. Very nice. Yeah, super cool. I felt so badly for him at one point after the first commercial break, which is when Alex Trebek traditionally interviews each contestant. Right. I mean, Natanel was clearly nervous and so much more comfortable just having a clicker in his hand and being able to answer <laughs> questions. Um, or a buzzer. Right. I think I just clicker, whatever. clicker, buzzer. But anyway, he was he was great. Shout out to the Palais. Shout out to TABC because he is a TABC grad. Shout yeah. out to Yeshiva University. Shout out. Um, shout out to the Wallet Kids who wanted to know how much he would have to pay in taxes. Shout out. There you go. I get that question all the time. So. You did that. I, I don't know the answer. I could actually. I could literally just email whatever game show, whatever it is, and just find out. But I'm just like, yeah, I'll just keep telling people I don't know because I don't know. You really don't know? I'll figure it out in four months when I, I got a check. number for a tax attorney if you want. Do you? Yes, I do. Right. Oh, by the way, that <laughs> yes, this conversation actually already took place at the Wallach Shabbos table. It seems that you may have to pay taxes both in New York and California. I'm looking forward to that. Right. So I hope somebody else paid for those pizzas that you bought everybody for your v- viewing party. Yeah, for parties. real. My, my Uber driver 
uh, one of my, I was in an Uber driver with a with a friend. Also, he's like, "Oh, this guy was on uh, Wheel of Fortune. You know Wheel of Fortune?" The guy's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I think the the weather guy on on Fox Five was on Wheel of Fortune, and that's how he became famous and is now the weather guy." Really? I said, "Oh, maybe that's uh, that's an interesting yeah, little tidbit." But then he asked me all about the tax. He's like, "Uncle Sam going to take it all?" I said, "Uncle Sam will certainly take a lot of it." Oh and, yeah. And who knows if Donald's going to come in and take even more? Yeah. You never know. You just need to put away. I mean, everybody wants to hear this. The rest for a ring and call it a day. <laughs> you know, can we... I, unfortunately, that ring might be a lot smaller. And, you hey, know, hey, hey, hey. You're not a contestant on The Bachelor just yet. Right. Um, you know, I think Nahum actually just walked in the studio. Can we see if Nahum's around? Because I would love to talk about this game show with him. Yeah. Nahum, are you here? Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nahum Siegel's in the studio. Nahum, Please join Bite Size. Can we... Can we um, ask you to join us on the air for a second as we did four to the door about our favorite game shows Maybe the first time my name and bite size have been the same sentence. oh my <laughs> has Nahum never been on the He's show Yoni and I welcome him and wow I thank him for joining so this is I'm not at bite size. this is a lot of <laughs> that's why I that's why I joke I've never been sent to the petite section in the stu- in the uh, department store anyway um Nahum if I told you that my favorite game show my number one choice was was press your luck yeah <laughs> How would you how would you react to that? First of all, I just because I thought because of advanced warning that it would be pyramid. No, was pyramid was my number, number two. two. Look, press your luck was. Look at can you, everybody hear him smiling? <laughs> <laughs> press your luck was such a phenomenal game. For I know reasons. one of the reasons though, sadly, is because somebody could have thirty, forty, fifty grand. And just and, and, then, and, then, and then whammy and then for no right for no reason just oh, hit really? the roll. Yes. Oh. It, it, oh, you wow. think bankrupt is bad? This is ten times worse. <laughs> ten times worse. And also you get that stupid icon right, that comes on the screen. Right, and also you're not bankrupt by the wheel. You're being bankrupt by this whammy guy right. who you're ready to pounce on and kill. It's humiliating. Oh, it's terrible. Wow. But it's amazing. It's such an it unbelievable it. game. It's such. An <laughs> Would that be your number one also? My number one game show ever. Do you want to hear my other choices just so that you yeah. know? Okay, so uh, it was American Gladiators was number four. Dating Game was number three. Right. We did discuss Family Feud and how we were not as children – uh, in the man family, we were not allowed to watch Family Feud because my mother actually thought that families were feuding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, hi, Ma. And then we did $25,000 Pyramid was my number two because it's genius and then press your luck. Yeah. A, a, a substitute would have been um, Win, Lose, or Draw. Or, uh, I did not put in the Newlywed game. I didn't like Win, Lose, or Draw. Really? I'm thinking that Family Feud and um, Match Game cannot be in my Ooh. top five because they're always inappropriate. They're always inappropriate. We talked about yeah. inappropriate. Like they always have to do that. They can't. You know, they he can't. didn't know who Richard Dawson was, by the oh, way. Oh gosh, I know. It's they so... can't remain even keel. But someone in the, in the studio before said Hollywood Squares. The part yeah, I, I liked it. about it, I didn't like the show because you're right. It was just it was so tedious. And also, what was his name in the in the center square all the time? Uh, Paul Char- Lind. Well, no, Charles. Paul Lind. Is that the one with the voice? Maybe, maybe in your generation, who's Charles? Whatever, Charles Austin Riley. Yeah, he was on the middle. Where was he? Top right. You're thinking of a different game. He was the top right of match game. Charles Nelson Riley was the top right of match game every single episode. Are you sure? Am I Yoni, sure? Yoni, I, Yoni, Yoni. I, I don't know these Yo, people. No, get on Google. I know Whoopi Goldberg. Google Center Square. Yeah, Whoopi was Center Square for a long time uh, in the new yeah. generation. I but never the old watched generation it. Was Paul in? Okay. Anyway, so uh, but that's what I liked about it. I liked the fact that there were celebrities and it was you know right. cool to see people interacting with them. Um, there was one game. Well, that's the way I felt about twenty five thousand dollar pyramid. Right. That you were really yeah it. you were really dependent on each other. You really had to be in sync right. and like mind meld 
with a with a celebrity. That's why I liked Password. Password. I Good liked, call. I liked Password a lot for that reason. Now I'm actually if you were props not on the, to you. If you were not on the same We've wavelength. We just hijacked Yoni's show. Go yes, on. No, if fine. you were not on the same wavelength during Password, you had no shot. Nothing. Yeah. I, got I nothing. don't even know what that is. Do you understand that you're sitting in front well, of a computer so, with so Google? I got the, the Paul Lind, right? That's what you said, Paul, Paul Lind. 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 Well, featured in the tactically important center square throughout most of the original show run. Right. And then they did the, the original run. show. I'm sorry, was on the air from what year to what year? Probably sixty to eighty, something like that. In that area. Okay, so possibly I was four. Maybe even later than that. Um, it seems like sixty-five till two thousand four. Wow. He was center square that whole time. He was the center square run, yeah. from sixty-six. It seems like. So wow. 2004? I don't know how long. Wow. And you know that every t- and every time they went to him for a question, he, he would have some fan- a funny response. Well, I can't picture his face right now. And you know those were all written by a team of writers. Really? Yes. Yeah, when I was growing up, I figured, wow, the guy's so, so funny. And no, it was all written by a team right, of writers. Totally scripted. All of whom had the questions. Totally in scripted. Yeah, it was a little bit of a weird uh, dynamic. Anyway, Password was really cool. Yeah. And... Um, also, you know that, uh, as you noted with the, um, I don't know if you noted it today, but as you've said in the past with Jeopardy being on Cheers, you know, mm-hmm. you know that a show is really iconic when it makes it into one of the popular systems. Agreed. Good and call. Password. Good call. Was on in, what? In one or more. Well, certainly on The Odd Couple, the famous old Odd Couple with one of the most famous scenes in television history with, um, with Tony Randall and uh, Jack Klugman. But I'm thinking also, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal made it into a lot of sitcoms. Where We've, they would dress up as, you know, whatever. See? And, and, and I'll tell you another thing. I don't, nowhere in this conversation since I walked in has anyone said the price is right. Now, I know it's yes, not. That's because you just walked in. We did. It's not a top five. It's not a top no, five. No, it wasn't in our top either, but we were just talking wasn't about in it. Our, yeah, it wasn't in our top anything. We did give it honorable mention. Yeah, it's a classic. There was a game which you probably never heard of, Yoni, okay. called Concentration, which oh, was, yeah. you, know, you know the matching game that you play as a kid? Are you yeah. ready? You know what I mean? If so. Yeah, you don't remember this is a camp game. Right, that's the concentration. I know. You remember, that, you, you know, as a kid, the you match matching game. game where your cards are turned over right. and you have to keep turning over two cards. That was the concept. That if you, every time you got a match on the big board, a little bit of the puzzle would be exposed and then you'd have to solve that puzzle. Wow. So, anyway. You yeah. win money? I like that one a lot. And you don't remember the original Jeopardy, obviously. You know, the original Jeopardy was not on TV monitors and electronic. What does that mean? It was, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, do you remember, I don't even understand oh the concept. Do you remember oh the original gosh. Jeopardy? Yes. You do? Yes. Who was the host? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Who was the pre-Alex Trebek? I couldn't tell you. His name was Art Fleming. And the, 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 um, the first of all, the final Jeopardy answers were written on a blackboard. You know, it was simply, simply right. on a blackboard you would turn over. Right. But each one of the uh, categories was controlled by some mechanism. I don't know what it was. It certainly wasn't electronic. Some mechanism where the, the uh, you can, I'm sure you can see it on YouTube. Where the I don't know. Every time I tell him to go to Google, he just stares at me blankly. Yes. <laughs> where the flap of each answer, uh, you know, answer right. meaning, would, would just slide. Would just drop, right? It would yeah. slide away, and that's how they would do it. Probably had somebody just literally. A human being. Right. Well, Vanna used to turn letters. He doesn't even know what that means. That's what I was told. And they used to have a prize room or something. Right. And they yes. had prize rooms, right? That's what someone that came up to me the other night right. and was telling me about it. In the good old days. In the good old days. You know, when people actually used to do things. And there was a time when. Uh, there are a lot of game shows on every day. A lot. Now there are very few. Well, I was joking that this is what I used to do when I was homesick. Right. Oh, the whole day was game oh, shows. The whole day. Of course. The whole day. Right. I would, if there had been a game show network when I was a kid, it would have just made my life easier. I would have just kept it on one channel the yeah. entire time. I have the best stay-at-home story. Go. You know, being sick. Every day at 1130 in the morning, 
was a repeat of mine. I was a little kid's repeat of the Brady Bunch. Okay. This is every day, 1130 in the morning. And you know, so if you're home from school, obviously you're watching the Brady Bunch. Of course. So the Brady Bunch has some iconic episodes where they're in Hawaii. And yeah, of all, course. And all these terrible things happen. And yes. I remember when I went back to school asking my mother, <laughs> this is pre-DVR, asking her if she could watch that To see what happens? To see what happens. That's how desperate I was to know if they would survive the whole disaster <laughs> in Hawaii. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, can you ever look at a seesaw without thinking about oh, the seesaw episode? Bobby and Sydney right. with he the is, world record. Yoni's is like, that show about Tom Brady? <laughs> There's no Tom in it. There's no Tom. There's no Tom in that one. Yeah. All the Brady men Who's were not Who's the best Tom. character in the Brady Bunch? The best character? Alice, one answer. Thank you. There's one answer. Right. It's always Alice. Of course. Yeah. Alice, Mel. How did we get to this? Doesn't matter. Yoni's not hosting they the show. They were once on a game show. Name the game show to Brady Bunch for once on in an episode. I wouldn't know the know. name, but it was a it was a Star no Search idea. type thing. Really? <gasps> Star Search! By the way, Yoni just told me what that- the Gong Show? Okay. That was- Pre-you? It wasn't pre-me. The end of it right. was whatever, but it never, like it. It never it did my thing. Well, I just want to tell you that um, Wednesdays, it seems, at the Dave & Buster's in Times Square, <laughs> it's half price. Yeah, of course. What does that mean? <laughs> it means that when you have a kid- or many kids <laughs> who need entertainment, you go Wednesday because you get double the amount of tokens right. for, for the okay, same but, price. But Nahum, it's, or a date. It's, it's Wednesday now, and we're close to Times Square. Yeah. I'm just saying that this is we a good a opportunity. Oh, that's the that's the activity, Dave and Buster's? Yes, because there's a huge Connect Four board. And Jamie's not here. And Jamie's not here. <laughs> Connect Four board. Connect Four is the best game. Yeah, it's great. Connect Four is a good game. Connect Four is a great game. In terms of the Shabbos game category... That is a great game. That's yeah. a whole nother form. I mean, I it's, was it's, just it's, a different, it's different than Risk, Stratego, of course. Uh, you know, Settlers. Settlers. It's different than that whole right. genre. Well, first of all, it's Settlers and chess. Risk, you cannot play on a short Shabbos. Absolutely. Right. Because right. Settlers, you need you know a three-day untip to get through. No, Settlers, you can play in an afternoon. Yeah, Settlers, My kids can. play Settlers. You can do whatever. Really? Yeah. Risk, risk the, the greatest proof that you can't play on a short Shabbos is that even in camp, you would have to continue Saturday night of after Havdalah. And then pray that by lights out, it was over. Well, how else do you know what your Kutsk is if not for <laughs> if not for risk? Most famous, infamous country. Yeah. Exactly. Kamchatka, both of them. Right, and Kamchatka. Kamchatka. <laughs> I don't mean to, to interrupt this great conversation. We just we have a minute left, so we're going to have to uh, wrap things up here. Oh, but thank it's you a shame both. that it's th- his th- network. Th- thanks, <laughs> yeah, I've never been thrown <laughs> off, off your network own before. show. Yeah, uh, it's, okay. it's a Rummy. A Rummy, you know. He's, a Rummy, he's, he's got he's the Wednesday live lunch coming That's up. his game, is being the stickler at time? Yep. All right. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you both for joining. Thank you very much. I'd like you to thank i'd like to thank you for joining us actually <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly thank, thank you, you. And i'm sure we'll do this again some other time yes yes we will all right so thank you both miriam and Achum, and i'd like to thank all of you the listeners for joining us here the last two hours on bite size a reminder you can check us out all over social media there's your shout out jamie on facebook at nachum siegel network on twitter at nachum siegel net and on instagram nachum siegel network this year's kosher halftime show 2017 starring rea kunstler is available both on our homepage, NachumSiegel.com, or on YouTube, Kosher Halftime Show 2017. Check it out. Like it. Share it. Post it all over the place. We'd appreciate it. And it's great. So everyone else that you share it with will love it. If you haven't yet downloaded the NSN app, please go ahead and do so. Go to the Apple Store on your iPhone, Google Play Store on your Android, or whatever device you have. Go ahead. Find it. Download it so you can catch all of our content while on the run. My name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a good day and remind you that the bite size is the right size.